Hello everyone and welcome to the In Context podcast with me, Gregor Thompson. Thank you very much for listening. For this episode, I spoke with Alex McClintock, who is a project development champion at Andy's Man Club, a charity aimed at helping men who are struggling with their mental health through support talking groups which run throughout the UK. So if you're struggling and want to get involved, you can find all the information at andysmanclub.co.uk. If you are struggling, please don't struggle alone. You'd be surprised how much good talking about things can do. I've experienced with that myself and I absolutely see the benefit of speaking about what's ailing you and I guarantee that you're not the only one who feels this way. I'd also like to ask you if you could please like, follow and subscribe wherever you're listening. It does mean a lot and if you could leave a good review, that would also be amazing. But for now, please enjoy this conversation. Okay, uh, so let's just start with what is Andy's Man Club? Who was Andy and why was the club started? Yeah, so Andy's Man Club is a peer-to-peer support group for any man over 18. Um, and we meet at 63 venues across the UK on a Monday night, 7 till 9. Uh, we started in memory of Andy Roberts, was a young man who took his own life by suicide in April 2016 down in Halifax. Um, and as you can imagine, it left his family completely devastated. Um, his brother-in-law, Luke Ambler, who done a lot with lifestyle coaching and mental health at the time, uh, had a wee chat with Elaine and his mum and decided to come up with a, a coffee group for, for men and, and called it Andy's Man Club. And they launched their first meeting um, in July 2016 and, and we've, we've kind of grown from there. Perfect. Um, so with the groups, has the pandemic impacted them at all? Yeah, well, we uh, we actually had to take the decision um, as an organisation to close down. Uh, th- th- we actually made that decision the Friday before the, the country lockdown during the pandemic um, and decided to jump online. So we settled on Google Meets. Uh, so we only missed one week. You know what I mean, we had 28 oh. groups back online within, uh, it took three weeks to get them all online, but we, we only missed uh, about eight, eight groups, missed one week, a couple of groups missed two weeks and so on. So uh, we got back online quite quick. Um, but we found that a lot of guys were dropping off. So week before lockdown, we had 997 men walk through the doors of 28 clubs. Um, and we averaged between 300 and 350 men through lockdown. Um, and we just put that down to technology or that they maybe didn't have access to technology. Maybe never had uh, broadband, didn't know how to work it. Or they might not just add that uh, safe space in their house for two hours to sit and talk about what's going on. Eh? Yeah. Did you find... Um people's specific issues changed with the pandemic? Did people's mental health dip at all? Yeah, it was, we've, 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 obviously the online stuff, we, myself and, and one of the project development champions, Andy G down south, basically done all the new guys that were coming in. So uh, we, we had a, a, a new newbie online meeting. So everyone that contacted that week uh, got put into this meeting. So um, well, well, there's never any pressure to share at Andy's Man Club. So what we didn't want to do is then put that pressure on people to put them straight into the local groups without knowing anyone. So mm-hmm. we took them into a, a separate meeting and, and had that meeting. Uh, and then once they'd shared and were comfortable after a couple of meetings, we put them into their, their local groups. Um, but we found that the new guys that were coming on, it was all similar issues. It was it was COVID, it was furlough, it was they've lost mm. their jobs, they're stuck in the house 24-7 with, with a wife that they've just realised that they don't get on with. Uh, do you know what I mean? So it's so all these things, isolation, uh, mm. not getting out. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people actually just stayed in the house for 
for a good few months. You know what I mean? They never got out their, their, their front door and went for a walk or anything like that. So we've seen all that coming through the door as newbies. And, and obviously, some of the problems like that with, with guys that were already attending the groups had had same issues uh, as all of them just didn't know what to do. Do you know what I mean? It's one of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm stuck in the house. Um, or if they're working from home, they're, they're getting up first thing in the morning, they're going down the stairs, they're starting work maybe an hour, hour and a half earlier than they would and, and, and putting more hours in. I know certainly from my point of view, if I'm working from home, um, I do mo- I'm more productive sitting in the house because you jump from one meeting to the next. So you had all that added pressure um, and, and guys just needed that release. So um, we, we still got quite a lot of engagement uh, during lockdown and, and lots of guys desperate for when we went back face-to-face at the end of September last year. Right, okay. Um, and what, what led you to um, getting involved? So I initially got involved as a project for work. Um, I used to work for the Scottish Prison Service uh, and I worked in the gym environment. So we've mm-hmm. we done a lot for guys' physical health, but we didn't do anything for their mental health. Um, I came across a, it's the OK Talk campaign, which is uh, people just doing a selfie. And it was Ricky Gervais, who I followed on Twitter. Uh, got in touch uh, with Andy's Man Club after watching the video that's available on our Facebook pages, Andy's story. Uh, and I just resonated a lot with what Andy was going through to my own mental health struggles. Eh? I suffered from depression, anxiety, panic attacks for 20 for odd years now um, and been on and off medication all my adult life. Um, but I had a deep, dark blip in uh, 2015. Uh, I was in the middle of a, a messy divorce from my first wife. Uh, I was having child access issues. Uh, and I got myself into a toxic relationship and, and just basically isolated myself from my friends and family. was taking too much on, was, was retraining at work to become a, a, a PTI for the prison so I could work in the gym um, and, and just got myself in a mess, was using alcohol as, as a coping mechanism and, and, and it mm. just spiralled and spiralled and spiralled. And then one day I just decided that I'd had enough um, and I packed up all my stuff in the, the, the house I was sharing with my, my partner at the time, labelled it all nice and neat uh, and put it in a corner of the garage. And I was standing my noose around my neck uh, with my daughter phoning her away home from school to tell me she loved me. Um, and if it wasn't for that phone call, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. Wow. It's amazing how, like, the time, the timing of that, like, if that was just a few seconds off, then we, we uh, wouldn't be speaking to you here know, today. Exactly, and it would have been horrible. Exactly. I, I hadn't seen my daughter for, for 12 weeks. Um, wow. I message, message her every day like I, I still do I message her all the time um, mm. and I just got no response because our, our mum was using us as a, a tool against me during the divorce and that so um, mm. and it was just that bang there you go it was the, the, the cheesy ringtone that was on the phone for, for my daughter eh? and Nicki Minaj mm. of all things <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, it saved my life do you know what I mean it stopped me doing what I was doing and, and just reached out do you know what I mean? I, I reached out to my mum and a, a broken man and, and moved home at 40 year old uh, back mm-hmm. with my parents, got myself sorted. And, and I was on the up and I was in a really good space when I discovered Andy's Man Club. So um, it's something I'm passionate about doing is, is not letting other guys be in that position of, of they think they're on their own. They don't want to burden their friends and family and they think it's embarrassing to talk about their problems and show weaknesses. So uh, coming and doing podcasts, going out and raising awareness, doing presentations, mm. businesses, is, it's all about reaching that one man to let them know that they're not on their own. Yeah, I think, well, what, one of the things I was, I was just writing what I'll be saying for the introduction for the audio version of the podcast. And one of the things I was saying was, if you are struggling, reach out. And it's just that simple act of saying things out loud that is so helpful 
because the, the more you have these thoughts inside your head, the more the struggle is going to be. But maybe if you say them out loud, you'll realize you'll start to compartmentalize them a bit better. And you, and the person that you're speaking to will hopefully be able to help and support you. Yeah. And, and it's like, I mean, I've just shared you my, a small part of my story and I, I'd never, ever mm-hmm. told anyone that until my yeah. first been at Andy's Man Club. Because um, guys don't talk about that, eh? and, I, mm-hmm. and I passed the, the ball. We use a, a foam football as our version right. of the talking stick, and mm-hmm. I, and I basically blurted out everything that had gone in the last seven years up to that point, um, and then handed the ball to my mate of twenty years who the two has travelled down to Halifax to, to try a meeting, and he just looked at me to say, "You've never, why have you never spoken about that? We don't, guys mm-hmm. don't talk about that. We talk about absolutely everything else." Uh, mm-hmm. Apart from the nitty gritty, and, and it's one thing that we encourage people to to just reach out. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. if you if you're willing to reach out, there's people willing out to to sit and listen to your issues and, and and get that stuff off your chest. Because the more you talk about it, the less it actually owns you. Yeah, I think specifically for men, anyway. The so the dissertation I was doing last year was looking into men's mental health and mm-hmm. some of the stats that I was seeing other theorists um, cite was basically saying like young people are, their mental health is declining, especially amongst young girls. And that's what they keep, they kept saying. And my, that was my thought process was, well, what's happening with young boys. And so the big difference there is it, it could be that um, female mental health is worse. It also could be that less males are willing to admit it. So that means that won't be um, attributed into these stats. But the other main difference is suicide. And mm-hmm. I've got like a stat here that's just, well, for England anyway, the male suicide rate in 2020 was 15% per 100,000. And for females, it was 4%. Mm-hmm. So that's the stark difference is that more men are willing to take their lives than um, to, to, I suppose, try and like get through the mental, the, the get through talking about it. And maybe more females are willing to speak to their friends and stuff like that. So, well, I suppose my question is, is there any other differences that you've found that are specific to men? Why, why, why we're talking about men here? I, I think, well, obviously, you're, you're talking about suicide stats and 75% of all suicides in the UK are male. Um, so mm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, that women aren't important. We just concentrate on men because mm. it's a higher percentage and, and that's what Andy was. Um, I think women are more socially and emotionally evolved. Um, they, they can go and sit in their hairdressers and tell them what's going on they can speak to their pals about things that's going guys don't do that we sit in the pub talking about football um, or, or on the way to work we talk about what we watched the last night we just don't talk about what, what's going through our heads eh? um, and, and I think guys and this, this is quite the modern but guys tend to use more lethal ways of killing themselves so they, they, they're more pragmatic. They, they work things out. So, like, I've spoken to loads of guys that are still here, fortunately, and it's like I, I, I weighed myself. I, I measured the rope so I knew there was enough tension so that it wasn't going to snap. And all, do you know what I mean? All these things, that they're quite methodical. Um, so, so they always they use more uh, lethal forces, I suppose, um, to, if they're going to try and kill themselves. So um, it's one of these things that, 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 as far as we're concerned, that, one one person killing herself in the UK is far too many. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Never, I mean, there's four and a half thousand men a year take their lives in the UK. Biggest killer yeah. men under fifty, um, yeah. and and it's it's brutal stats. And in a utopian world, we don't want to exist. We want guys having this conversation every day, um, and and they don't need to come to Andy's Man Club on a Monday night because yeah. they're getting stuff off their chest through the week. Yeah, and it's not just that with like other stats that even if we take 
we take specifically mental health out of the equation, you look at the stats of homelessness, it's more men that are homeless. You look at assaults, it's more men that are being assaulted, it's more men that are doing the assaulting as much as we maybe don't want to give sympathy to those who assault other people. The reason men will maybe assault other people is probably because they're, well, it, it is because they're mentally, they're struggling. Like there's, there's, no, there's no one who is mentally healthy that will want to harm another individual and, I, and we do a lot in recovery as well so like pe people with addiction issues and that so that like last year there was 3,300 deaths by uh, alcohol addiction and, and suicide and, and I think they're all, they're all linked do you know what I mean and, and, and guys tend to use violence as a, as a sign of frustration to get things out so that's why, why you maybe find that there's, there's more assaults including involving men and do you know what I mean it's when you get frustrated, we, we just want to blow it up. Do you know what I mean? We've, we've all done it. We've all wanted to punch a wall or put your fist through something. And it's just like, mm -hmm. it's that frustration because you can't express yourself. Um, I think the biggest issue, and, and, and looking at the whole mental health problem as a whole, and, and certainly what I've come across uh, in, the, in the five years I've been doing this, is 90% of all mental health workers are female. So even if you go and, and reach out and you, you approach your mental health nurse at your, your doctor's surgery or you go to speak to a psychologist, or, chances are it's got a female that you're talking to and, and, and you just don't open up. You don't speak to them the same way as you would in a group of guys. And that, I think that's why Andy's Man Club has proven so successful because we're sitting in a room, you're sitting in a room with peers. They've, they've all been there. They've all experienced some of the things that you're going through. And, and once you hear those guys talking, you're like, well, if he can share that, I can share what I'm going through because they'll understand and they won't judge me. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's it. It's, it's the fear of judgment. We, we don't want to tell professionals uh, what we're going through because we don't want judged. Yeah, I mean, that's why you're saying that, that women are more, perhaps more emotionally evolved. If you look at the, the numbers for certain types of jobs, that's why you're going to see more women in mental health work because that's to do with people. They want yeah, to talk yeah. to speak to people, so yeah. nurses, nurse, nurseries, yeah. stuff like that. They want to be involved with people, whereas the stats tend to show that men want to be more involved with um, things. So they're going to want um, more, something that's higher paid and less in contact with other people and working more hours. And yeah. that's why we also see more women who will go off to do childcare as well. Um, because they want they see raising a family and being with their family is more important than men tend to so it's about maybe changing that and, and it's that it's one of those talks that masculinities that we talk about like the, the, the guy goes out and earns the, the big bucks or he goes out and does a manual labour and, and goes, going back to caveman times that they, they were the ones who went out and, and got food and, and, and with the protector and stuff like that so Certainly, the way I was brought up and, and a lot of the guys that we, we deal with were brought up that big boys don't cry and, and you should man up and shake off. And if you do fall and hurt yourself, don't go running to your dad crying, go to your mum, do you know what I mean? Because your, your dad's... Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's, there's lots of stuff like that we've, we've got to keep challenging. And, and I, it's actually, it takes a bigger man to open up, show emotion, do you know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. I, I cry all the time. Um, I yeah. try to things on the telly or uh, I'm in the, the meeting on a Monday night and a guy's sharing something that I can totally relate to, I get emotional. Um, and, and once guys realise that they're, they're in that safe space and they, they can express emotions that way in front of their peers, it, it's, it just makes a, a huge, huge difference to them. Yeah. And that's one thing I never understood why more men will want to work in those like longer hours and make more money, whereas surely we'd all rather be at home with families or friends and have that sort of leisure time um, with people. I don't, I don't understand why you'd want to work like 80 hour weeks, with, even though you're making a lot of money. It's just we need to maybe change the culture and maybe change the value of how much 
value we put onto money. Totally. And, I, and I've, I've certainly learned in the last 18 months that, that there's more to life than slogging to other shifts, going into work every day and, and, mm-hmm. and, and just going to the grind. I'm, I'm more about a work-life balance now and, and, and obviously working with Andy's Man Club, uh, the whole organisation shares that, that philosophy that we're, we're not here to work. Know what I mean, we're, we're mm. here to live, so you've got to enjoy your downtime as well. So, um, we I've, I've bought myself a camper van, go away at the weekends. We've spent money on the garden, so when you're in the house, you can enjoy it. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's so much more than just going out working seven days yeah. a week. Yeah. Um, do, you have, do you have hope about younger generations coming up? Are you, are you seeing that the younger men are maybe more emotionally um, mature? Or more willing to speak about their issues, or is there is there is there any generational differences? I suppose. I, I think it's getting easier. I think that the more that people come out, and especially across social media. I mean, social media has got there's there's two sides that. You know I mean, there's there's the side yeah. that is is really detrimental to people's mental health, and and it's it's all about look at me. This is what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? But if you're living your best life, you're not putting on social media. Um, mm-hmm. And and the other side of that is, if it wasn't for Facebook, Andy's Man Club would be one group in Halifax. We've, we've yeah. used it to, to get as so much awareness out there, up to 63 clubs. And without social media, none of that would have been possible. Eh? So I think as, as famous people come out and talk about their mental health, uh, and the younger generation sit up and listen. And I think certainly coming out of COVID, I think more people are open to trying something different and, and talk about what they've gone through. It's that, I, I was talking to someone yesterday, it's that, that shared experience. Do you know what I mean? It's like if you speak to your, your grandparents um, who, who maybe experienced the Second World War like mine did, and it's like we all experienced that. Do you know what I mean? That that whole community experienced that. So as they were coming out of that, there was that community feeling people wanted to help each other. Whereas I think we're kind of seeing that coming out of COVID. There is a, a, a better sense of community and, and people are looking out for the, the, the youngins as well. Um, and I, I think it's one thing that if we can put our guys that come to Andy's Man Club out in a better frame of mind, that's got to knock on to their kids and their kids and their kids. And I'll just I'll slowly evolve and, and, and change that outlook on mental health and, and reaching out for, for help if they're struggling. Yeah, I mean, that's probably like, it's quite refreshing to hear that something positive about social media because a lot of people like to slate social media. But um, with the, the people that I spoke to for my dissertation, I had about 15 guys and I asked them about their social media and different pictures they put up. And one of them was, it was very refreshing. He said he felt a comfort on social media. If he had a certain level of friends, he felt that that was enough support. Like obviously he was, he was doing okay, but he felt that people liking his picture or people following him, that was supportive enough for him. But like you're saying, like social media can also provide stuff like Andy's Man Club and help stuff like that grow. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? And, and, it, and it helps us reach that one man. Um, our, our biggest following on, on Facebook is, is middle-aged women, um, and it's them that they seem to push their their loved ones right, to okay. the door. Do you know what I mean? So um, it, it's one of these ones. You, yeah, you, you probably the younger generation. You know what I mean? Like we've got guys in there that are eighteen, nineteen, twenty. They're like, oh, I've got a thousand friends. Another one's got, no, I've got fifteen hundred friends. And it is, a, can, I suppose, it's competition. Um, mm-hmm. But that can't be healthy. So I mean, it's like you—you you don't know that many people. So I mean, I don't. I've got I've got thousands on my Facebook because of what I'm doing, and it's like all the groups and and all the contacts and and people then send you friend requests because they want to get involved with Andy's Man Club or want to attend, and and it's like 
half of these people I've never met. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but because I'm using it for work and I'm using it for good, it's not, it's not my personal Facebook. It's, it's Andy's Mantic and it's part of my role that, that I've, I'm developing this social media thing. So um, we, look, we look at on reach rather than how many people are, are clicking or how many friends you've got. It's how many people can we reach on social media? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the main page has about a million people a month um, wow. on Facebook, which is huge because at the end of the day, it could stop that one guy from killing himself. Eh? Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned that word masculinity. Mm-hmm. So I found that was a that was a very interesting one when I was asking um, the the guys I was speaking to what they thought masculinity meant. And it was it was interesting because I don't think they 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 didn't have any bad intentions, but they did maybe unintentionally exclude some men from that label of being masculine. So they would say things like having a positive outlook, where that might be that would that's definitely excluding anyone that's going that's struggling or has mental health issues. They maybe would say things like they would come home to their wives. So that's unintentionally excluding anyone who's um, part of LGBT. Uh, Q plus. Um, what else? I'm just trying to remember what else he said. Um, so yeah, I mean, the question I maybe have is: Do we need to change the definition of masculinity? Do we need to ditch it altogether? Do we ju- should we just be able to accept all men as they are, um, as long as they're not infringing on anyone else's human rights or um, assaulting anyone or being violent in inappropriate settings? Do you think what what do you think about the word masculinity? I think we've just got to accept everyone that is out there and, and if, if they're a man and that's what we say any man do you know what I mean any man is welcome to come to Andy's Man Club um, it's one of these words isn't it masculinity talks of masculinity it's, it's, it's been drummed into us for a while and, and what, what do you regard as a man I am a man but I'm six foot nine I've, I've got tattoos and I, but I've got my pal who's five foot four and and you know what I mean looks tiny but he's still a man do you know what I mean he's mm-hmm. He's still masculine. He's still, do you know what I mean? It's, it's your, I suppose it's your interpretation and and, and how you see it. So, um, I I see it that I'm a man. I'm I'm I think I'm quite masculine now, but I still open up and talk about my emotions and my feelings and what's going on in my head. And I've already mm-hmm. admitted I'm quite happy to sit there and, and greet a soppy film with a wife or <laughs> or a, 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 a news story in the morning. You're sitting there eating your breakfast. You just you burst into tears. But I'm still a man. Do you know what I mean? I'm still mm-hmm. I'm still regard myself as masculine um, mm-hmm. but I, just because I'm in touch with my, my feelings or maybe use moisturiser or, or product in my beard or, do you know what I mean it's, mm-hmm. it's you could just keep going eh? it's, we, we've done an interesting uh, workshop with the Glasgow School of Arts and it was all about that masculinity and it, and it was it was interesting just like you're saying about other people's opinions it's interesting to hear other people's opinions Mm-hmm. Um, and we sat for a good two, three hours talk, or talking about loads of different stuff like that. And, and it was interesting to hear other people's thoughts, um, especially yeah. those that had been coming for the, to the group for quite a while. And, and you're just going, all right, well, that's how you think, right? So, And you do, you go, but I better not talk to him about that because mm-hmm. he said that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is, it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's a minefield of a topic, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's a very tricky one. Because, like, speaking to these guys, I know their intentions weren't bad, and I, I, I understand that. Um, it's, it's, it's why I don't like this whole cancel culture that you see on Twitter where people are getting shut down for saying something. Um, majority of the time, their intentions aren't bad. They've maybe said something and they've offended someone. They, don't, they shouldn't be like shut down for that or be told that they're a horrible person. They should just be told, well, 
maybe you're might be unintentionally excluding people from that, or maybe you're offending someone unintentionally by doing that. And, that, and that's something we make our guys very aware because obviously we do like between our facilitators and we've got a closed group and, and you can put stuff posts in the, the closed group to get support and that. But what we try and say, guys, is just on that topic, if you're typing something, just be wary of what you're typing because you might not mean it the way that person interprets it because that person could be struggling. So you might say something that you think, well, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's fine. I see where you're coming from. Whereas that guy might be really struggling and take it the wrong way. And then it just snowballs. And it just mm-hmm. and it doesn't. And there, yeah, there's there's keyboard gangsters out there that, that are hiding behind whatever they want to put on Twitter and and, and no no one's pulling them up. Do you know what I mean? There's there's nothing mm-hmm. happening, which is it's just a, that's another problem in, in, in society just now because there is that it's they can say what they want and get away with it. Um, yeah. But we've just got to be mindful of, of your intentions might be good when you put that comment on, um, but the person reading it might not read it the way that you made. Yeah, well, that's the important thing of maybe doing Andy's Man Club face to face is because you can you can go off what other people's reactions to what you say are. Where social media, you can't yeah. do that. It's almost anonymous that way. And and we're we're social beings, aren't we? We we crave that social interaction. And I think when we went back face to face the end of last September, like. Oh, it was dif- difficult for the, the new guys that come online because they, they'd only known online. Um, so then, because the hardest thing to, to do is to walk through the door for the first time. So they've already done it virtually. Now they've got to do it again physically. And all of a sudden they're meeting 20 guys that they've just stared at in a wee box for the last 10 months. Do you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, I've got to go and meet this person now. And, and I finding that even in a, a professional sense, you, you meet all these people online and then you go and actually meet them in person. And it's like, Oh, you're not what I expected. I don't know. I can't believe how tall you are. Or, do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> it's just a wee box that you're staring in. So of course it's people's perceptions are a bit different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I just think the the face to face aspect of everything, of just life, I think, mm-hmm. is is more beneficial to people than than sitting in the computer and hiding behind your, your phone. Yeah, for sure. Um have you noticed anything with regards to class do you notice any differences on people's issues with regards to class do you maybe get more people more men from a specific class or or is it a broad mix broad broad spectrum so we've got everyone from businessmen to students unemployed uh, millionaires sports stars tv stars do you know i mean for 18 to 88 um, and and i remember when when we first started in the prison because the the prison group was the first group in scotland uh, we, we got that from Halifax and, and one of the prisoners came up to me and says what have you got to be depressed about and I'm like well yeah. I says what do you mean he says oh you've got a car you've got a house you, you go on holiday three or four times a year so I mean you've, you've got a good job you get to go home you get to see your wife your kids and I'm going but that brings its own pressures I've got to keep that up do you know what I mean and, and that's pressures that we put on ourselves so whether it's keeping up with the Joneses or or your wife's used to having three holidays a year or, or a, a Mulberry handbag at Christmas. Or, do you know what I mean? You put your own pressures on it. No matter what level of class you are, you've got your own different pressures. It could just be trying to find a fiver to put an electric. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. You all have your, your different pressures no matter what level of class you are. Yeah, I mean, the more money you make, you're going to spend the same percentage of your money because you want to keep and maintain your lifestyle or improve it. Yeah, and then, and then you've got to try and maintain that, eh? 
yeah, which yeah. can bring its own pressures and, and that could lead to other things. So, I mean, we, we get guys come in through the door that are addicted to gambling or substances or so, and it can lead to that whole spiral because they're they're putting too much pressure on themselves to to keep up with their pals or or make sure that the neighbours are, are one step behind them and, and all these things. Whereas you should just be worrying about yourself. Mm. So you start you started a, a prison group. So a yeah. lot of people would maybe respond to that saying, "Why help them? They made their choices." So what would your response be to, the, uh, to that? First, firstly, that's where I was working. Um, mm. Secondly, it was we we wanted to do something for the guys because it's a it's a different relationship working in the halls in the prison, which I did for fifteen years. To them working in the gym, it's a different relationship. At the end of the day, they're human beings. Um, mm-hmm. and we, we don't know their circumstances. We don't know why they've offended in the first place. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. as you get to know these guys and, and, and you, you listen to them, there's, there's a whole host of reasons why they maybe started using. So they then had to steal to, to fund the habit. And, and, mm-hmm. for, and it's just a vicious circle. So when you actually start speaking to them and, and getting underneath what's brought them to, to prison in the first place, they're, they're just like you and me. So, I mean, they've, they've maybe made one bad decision and it's just spiralled and spiralled and spiralled. Um, but, and, and a lot of them do change. So, I mean, uh, we've still got about 16, 17 guys that have come through the group in Perth are still engaging with the community groups out in the, across Scotland. Um, and we've got a group down south in, in HM Humber as well, down the English Prison Service, which were doing the same thing. And, and getting, they were getting about 60 guys a week coming through it. And it does it, it, it gives them stability and it, it gives them somewhere to go and, and be themselves. And, and we were there as Alex and Adam, we weren't there as, as prison officers. So we were sitting there talking about our weeks and, and, and the shit that we've gone through. So they, they could relate to that a wee bit better. So they then seen the human side of us as well. Um, and, and it's, We've just done a recovery walk in, in Perth at the weekend and I must have spoke to at least a dozen guys that I've met through the jail uh, and they all come up and, all right, big man, how you doing? Because you treat them like human beings, show them respect, treat them the way you want to be treated. Yeah, they've done something wrong and end up in jail, but they're, they're there for punishment. You don't need to keep punishing them just because they're there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that that's how you maybe you'll stop people from reoffending by doing that. The more you punish someone, the more... And that's that's the main aspect of a prison officer's job is to stop reoffending. Yeah, yeah. Um, how? I suppose what the question I might have is, what advice would you give someone who's maybe going through grief? Because um, I've went through um, forms of grief, and my way of my way of dealing with it was maybe to carry on as I was and to be as productive as I was being. And that t- seemed to help me as far as I know. Um, but I do know people like the, the town I'm from, um, it's quite a small town. And I know there, I know plenty of men who have lost friends from suicide, from um, murder and from drugs. Um, and so maybe my question is for those men who, are, who have lost someone recently to, f- for any of these sorts of reasons, what advice do you have for them? What can they do to just, get through it? Again, just reach out. So, I mean, everyone's different. We're all going to deal with it different. Uh, if, you, if you look at traditional grief counselling, they tell you to wait six months before you you, you can get proper counselling, um, which I think is a bit long. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like anything. If you go through the NHS or that, there's, there's waiting lists for everything. So grief, addiction, uh, trauma counselling, whatever it may be. So I think that the, the sooner you have the confidence to start talking about that stuff and getting it off your chest, I think the, the, the better chance of getting over it. 
um, or, or getting it, just getting it out there. So I mean, just yeah. I, I don't know if we'll ever go over it. I've I, I've I don't remember uh, the last time I lost someone that close to me. It's it's like I think I was a kid when that, the last time I lost one of my grandparents. So uh, I've I've never gone through that as a an, an adult. Um, I lost my granddad when I was an adult, but it's like you just crack on. Do you know what I mean? For, mm. And that was before I had my breakdown, so I just cracked on and just kept going. Um, mm. So you, you just wonder that maybe all that stuff does build up, and then it, it just comes to that perfect storm, and everything's in there. So um, I know certainly talking to my, my counselor the, the last time I engaged with them, they, they go right back to, to school and, and talk about everything. So it's all a, a big a mass of things. So um, it, it might just be that the grief is that tipping point for you mm-hmm. to just explode and, and and hopefully go and get some help. So um, I think it's everyone's different. And, and no matter what we go through, whether it's a we, we lose someone to death or a relationship breakdown or addiction, or we, we all come to that point where we go, right, I need to do something about it at, at different periods of time. What do you have any opinions on what we should do for young boys growing up now? So, primary school age, high school age, what, what is there any changes we should be making for them? Just giving them that platform to, to reach out if they're, if they're struggling. Do you know what I mean? Now, up in Perth, there's, there's a, another charity called the, the Lighthouse, who are another suicide prevention charity, but they've started going into schools and talking to, to the to like secondary schools, so first year right up to, to 18, 19s, um, and just going and giving them that one-to-one support and, and just letting, giving them that safe space to get stuff off their chest. Um, I think as the more we do as... Andy's Man Club or as other organisations and because we can't do it ourselves, do you know what I mean? So my, one of my goals is to, is to get people working together. So loads of different organisations all try to do the same thing, coming together, because uh, it's only we're going to make a difference. And if we can make a difference in what we're doing just now, that's going to impact on guys coming up. And, and if, if they can see that as they're growing up and seeing that it's okay for, for big Alex at six foot nine to talk about his feelings and break down and cry, well, if he can do it, then Surely that's going to help me further down the line. Mm. Do you have Do you have any opinions on people like um, Joe Rogan or Jordan Peterson? Because you look at the look at their audience figures, they tend to be mostly male, um, and they they seem to help a lot of men with like well Jordan Peterson's books and Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, do you have any opinions on them? Do you think they are helpful for men, or do do you think they hinder men? Maybe? I, I think it's, it's going to help some men, isn't it? It's like anything. It's like uh, some guys won't get anything out of this podcast. Do you know what I mean? But when, yep. there's, there's other guys who go, oh, shit, that's me. I need to reach out. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, listen, I listen to quite a few podcasts and you do, you, you tend to gravitate to guys that you would cut. Kind of, going back to masculinity, that, like that there's one I listen to, is Decker Higgy. He's an ex-knuckle fighter. The knuckle fighter. Right. And he's, he's built like that. Um, and he talks to gangsters and, and, and people like that. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's intriguing because that's, and I think that's because that's what I used to work with. So I still like right. to hear some of the guys' stories because it is, it's, it's interesting. But I think no matter how they get their audience, someone's going to take something out of it. Isn't it? So mm-hmm. um, we go back to the jail. Um, and in the initial parts, the guys used to come to Andy's Man Club because there was something at the end of it, there was an extra gym session. So they knew that if they came to Andy's man club, they could get the gym session. So right. they would come for a week after week after week to get the gym session. But eventually they clicked on that 
Wait a minute, this is helping me. Do you know what I mean? I'm taking right. something out of Andy's man club, but I'm getting a gym session, so I keep going. But then we mm. stopped the gym session for, for different reasons, and they still kept coming back to Andy's man club. So it's like, mm-hmm. no matter what your podcast is or who it is, um, and, and it could be, uh, I don't know, I'm just looking at my books here. I've got Jay, <laughs> Jay Shetty is one of the other ones I, I listen to. Yeah. Um, and, and he's quite good, and you might take more out of that than, than you do, or, or someone might listen and go, what is he talking about? <laughs> but I mean, because you just you yeah. just don't know, and it's, Andy's Man Club won't work for everyone, just like no, some people won't listen to your podcast, or some people won't listen yeah. to Joe Rogan's podcast for, for, this, for some of the reasons, because it doesn't work for them. They don't get yeah. in and out of it, do you know what I mean? So, and and that's, that's the world we live in, you know what I mean? But, if we're all the same and all listen to the same things and done the same things that the world would be a boring place. Yeah, very true. Um, how important do you find struggle and pain for coming out maybe stronger? Is that old adage, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger? So do you feel like the going through something so hellish has something positive on the other side of it that yeah. almost equals that pain, the pleasure of going through it? Does, it, does that equal... I think so. I think I think everything we go through is a lesson, isn't it? It's it's one of these ones I like to look at it as it's, it's always trying to teach us something, uh, maybe how we deal with it or, or how we get through it. Or um there's a there's a lot of work now getting done with, with lived experience recovery organizations, which are slightly different from like traditional services. So the the people that are actually running the services are, are doing it the, like Andy's Man Club, they've all got lived experience. So all our facilitators in Andy's Man Club. I've walked through the door for the first time, shared their stories, gone on to feel better about themselves and then going, can I facilitate and, and start giving something back to organisations? So we're a lived experience recovery organisation. Mm-hmm. So that lived experience is basically everything you've gone to to this point today. Um, mm-hmm. You can't go to school or you can't go to college and, and learn that stuff, which is what services do. So if you're a mental health professional, or a nurse, a doctor, or you go to school, you go to university and you study that. Whereas lived experience, they've experienced that trauma, addiction, mental health crisis, whatever it may be, to get to where they are today and start giving something back. So that's, that's why I like to look at it as everything I've gone through um, up to that point, I got a phone call and, and still go through stuff. So, I mean, I'm not perfect. I still have days that I'm, I'm in a big, deep, dark hole and just don't want to get my bed. But I get up and I, and I make my bed and I go for my shower and I, and I force myself to do it because I know if I don't, it's just going to go back down the way. Yeah. And well, it, that first thing. Yeah. Sorry, the making your bed will yeah. start the ripple effect. If you just do that one yeah. thing. And, and we say that to our guys in Andy's Man Club all the time, like, oh, I didn't want to get my bed, I didn't want to do this, I've not achieved anything. Dave. See, tomorrow, get up, make your bed, that's you achieve something. Have a shower. There's a, there's two things you've achieved. So even if you're writing a list with ten things on it, and you only get the bed and the shower, you still achieve something by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? The rest of the list will wait till tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I've just got a few more questions. I want to be sympathetic to your time. Um, so for people listening who are curious and maybe want to attend one of the groups, how does the group? How is the group structured? What happens when people come? So we. You, Come and his man club on a Monday night. The guys will walk you in the door. We'll get you a cup of tea, cup of coffee, a biscuit. They'll, they'll sit you down. They'll, they'll explain what goes on in the meeting. So we, we run through five questions. Um, the first three questions are always the same. 
Um, and we have our own version of the talking stick, which is a, a foam football. So it's like a big, massive stress ball for guys to take their, their frustrations out on. Um, mm. And you can speak as little or as much as you want when you've got that ball. And when you don't have that ball, it's your turn to talk, uh, your turn to listen, sorry. Um, we, first three questions are the same. First question is, how's your week been? So it's just a general catch up to see how the guys are doing. Question two is one positive from your week. So even if the guy's having a really shit time, we can find a positive if he's walked through the door. Mm, yeah. Because it's huge. Do you know what I mean? That, that first step through the door is huge. Um, question three is anything off your chest. So everyone we've talked about could be addiction, debt, gambling, relationship breakdown. You could just be having a really hard time. Do you know what I mean? Life just might be giving you all these lessons that we talk about and you just want somewhere to go. Or you might just want to escape the house for two hours and, and, and get some company. Um, we then break for another cup of tea and a, a coffee and, and that's where the peer support comes in so if you came to the meeting and shared something that, that I could relate to or I've been through I can then go right this is who I spoke to this is what I did do you know what I mean we, we're not there to offer advice and tell you how to do it but we'll, mm. we'll tell you what we did to make us better uh, and then it's up to you to pick bits and bobs and like everyone do you know what I mean we, we can use different strategies to get ourselves well then we get together for questions four and five, which are positive neurological response questions. So you get some thinking about good stuff. So it's loosely based on CBT. So there's, there's some short-term goal setting and, and what things have you achieved or when did you last make yourself proud or, or, or wee things like that. Or it could be something daft like, what's your favourite dad joke? So we've had all this heavy, deep dark stuff, question three, and then four and five, we're rolling about the floor car and ourselves laughing. <laughs> you know I mean? so, and it's so simple, so simple. Yeah, I think one of the one of the main reasons why it will be very hard to walk through the door or open your mouth and speak about these things is because a lot of men will be worried that they're the only one who's having these thoughts or having these feelings. So maybe in your experience, if you ever came, it's, I'm guessing like you've heard it all before. There's not any there's not anything where it's just like something completely new. Just like maybe to give men comfort and maybe to encourage them to speak up about these things. Yeah, we, we, we don't play top trumps. Do you know what I mean? That's one of the things we, we don't go in there and say his problems are worse than yours and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Your problems are your problems. So, regardless of what it is, they're massive to you because they're, they're just going over in your head. Yeah. Uh, and it could be wee things like burning the toast or you were late for work or you've got too much to do, didn't answer all those emails. And that could be enough for you. You don't have to be going through relationship breakdown and you don't have to have suicidal thoughts you don't have to have mental health issues you might just need somebody to go and, and, and talk to somebody and and once once you're in that room and you hear a couple of guys talking you'll quickly realize that you're in a safe space and if he can share then i can share what i've got do you know what i mean and it just makes it a wee bit easier yeah um so for my last question it's it'll maybe be quite a hard one but what's the best one one really good piece of advice that you would give to any man listening right now who's struggling? As, as Luke says at the end of one of his videos, no, no matter what roller coaster you're on, you, you're going down, 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 down. Trust me, you will come back up and brighter days are coming. Um, and if you want to reach out, it's, it's okay to talk. Yeah, that definitely is. Um, well, Alex, thank you very much for taking the time. I know this was your day off, so it, oh, it's it, cool. it's it does mean a lot. I never get a day off because uh, it's something I'm passionate about doing, so mm. um, do, do it 24-7 if I have to. Well, it's like you never have a day working then if you love what you're doing. That's it. That's it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Right. Felt, no, this is my first day off for two weeks, so. <laughs> it's right, right, well, thanks. 
Well, thanks very much. And uh, yeah, keep up, keep up the good work. And I, I, it's very comforting for me to know if I'm ever struggling, people like you are there. Just, just reach out, come and see us, get a cup of tea. All right. And so that's the end of the episode. Again, thank you very much for listening. And I hope this was a positive experience for you. As I know, these are dark times, but there is hope if we speak to each other and be kind to each other. And if you are struggling, again, seeking help or speaking to someone can make the world of difference. So again, if you're listening and want to know more about Andy's Man Club, their website is andysmanclub.co.uk. There's also a whole host of other charities that support people struggling with mental health. Crew 2000, for example, are a great one for those struggling with drugs or sex. They're located here in Edinburgh. But a quick Google of mental health support charities or mental health charities plus your specific need will provide you with those who can help, whether that be addiction, issues specific to your gender or sexuality or race or whatever it is. Please seek help rather than suffering in silence as you're worth far more being here in this world than not. Again, you can also find me on social media where you can stay up to date with the podcasts and articles I write. My Instagram is gtmedia.uk and my YouTube channel is gtmediauk, all one word, where you can watch the, the podcast and subscribe. And please also subscribe or follow wherever you're listening right now. It does mean a great deal. But for now, thank you for listening and stay tuned for episode 17 of the In Context podcast.